Hi guys and welcome to episode 10 of Just Keep Swimming. First of all I want to say a huge thank you for being a part of my journey and getting me to this episode. Uh, not only is it big because it's episode 10, it's also a big one because it's my first um, guest. I've got my first guest on, on my um, podcast and it's my big brother Jay and I've asked him to be a part of it. Um, it's the first time we're actually going to sit down and talk about things that have happened since losing my mum. I'm hoping it's um, an insightful one. I'm hoping that, you know, it allows us to share and talk about things that we haven't spoken about at all, ever. Um, I want to know his side. I want to hear his story. I want to hear about what he's gone through. Um, You know, he's 10 years older than me. um, And it's a male perspective. Not many men really talk about things like this. But I'm very fortunate to have both my brothers who are quite open about things like this. Um, my partner who is also very open to talk about stuff as well. Um, but in terms of other men in my life, I don't know many that would be, you know, willing to openly talk about their grief and stuff. So I'm hoping that this is an insightful conversation that I have with my brother. And I'm actually really looking forward to hearing his side. So I'll... I'll start it off by asking my first question. So first of all, Jay, do you want to tell us about or tell me about your childhood and stuff and what you remember? My childhood, um, I remember growing up uh, in a poor family, to be honest. Um, Dad passed away when we were all very young. I was 13. Rekha, who does this podcast, was only three at the time. And my brother was 10, sorry, not 10, he's three years younger than I was, so he was 10, yes, he was 10 actually, he was 10, um, it's a bit of a shock to the system, wasn't expecting it, not that we saw much of dad when we were younger anyway, because he was always working, and when he finished working and retired, he would do a lot of family stuff, so yeah, he was either with family or he'd be at work, and when he was with us, um, yeah, he spent time with us of course he did like any father would but it didn't feel like he raised us it felt more like mum raised us um he was more the um matriarch well not the matriarch but the senior in the family and that's how he was seen and he was seen that way by the rest of our family also because he was one of the older brothers of our family so out of due to respect he was respected a lot i personally um i think when father passed away I was, the only words I could use would be lost. A lot, it felt like there was a lot of weight put on my shoulders at the time. And it was because the way my family made it sound. Not that I probably didn't understand it correctly. It's just the age I was at. And I was 13. I was a teenager. A teenager like anybody else who thinks they can rule the roost and everything is theirs. And then when your family tells you that you are now the leader of your family... You kind of take that upon your shoulders a little bit. So I even started my first job soon after Dad passed away, which was in a shop across the road on a Sunday. I'd break my back for 13 hours for £5, but that was me looking after myself to make sure that Mum didn't have to pay for me. So I guess that's one of the biggest um, things I remember about my early lifespan. I started working at a very early age. Education was always on a back burner. 
didn't really want to study. I just wanted to earn money. And that's what I did. I started working in a shop. Didn't really pay any attention to any school. Didn't get away. I think I got two GCSEs and that was for that. Did try and attend college, but I was too busy working on the weekends, working on a market stall. So I was just happy earning money. That's what I did, was earn money. And literally my education failed. Back then, I do believe my father was still around when I was younger. I would have had a decent education because he would have made sure I got one. Whereas mum wasn't as strong on me as I would have thought. She just let me be to make my own... I suppose make my own mistakes to find my own way. And I think if even if she had a bit more control over me, it may have helped. But she had two younger siblings to look after. And I felt the responsibility to actually... I should look after myself and that they have got mum to look after them. So yeah, I did sort of step away at that young tender age from the family itself. Okay, Jace, thanks for sharing about your early um, memories and stuff, I suppose, with dad and the responsibilities you felt and stuff. Um, do you want to share what your relationship with mum was like? I think with me and mum, I know my mum loved me. I know that for a fact because not when I was younger, but when I was getting older, I had a few health conditions and there couldn't have been anybody who could have shown any more love for somebody who was in such a position in that time. And it's best if I explain what position that was. I had a mental breakdown and I was diagnosed with manic depression. Now, my mother would come and visit me on a daily basis, and I'm talking daily, no matter what the cost, no matter what day, no matter weather, rain, shone, snow. I spent nearly 18 months in hospital, and that woman did not, not turn up one day. No matter how unwell I was, no matter how many times, I swore at her to leave me alone because she'd put me in there. And only after I left hospital, I realised why she put me in there. Because I had no control over myself whatsoever. And I didn't know that at the time. And it was the only thing she could have done to make my life better as time went on. So as much as at the time I despised her, she showed the most love any woman could have shown to anybody and that's what made me such a strong character she sort of like she didn't give up on me most parents would have given up on somebody like me I was terrible I was horrible you know I ended up in hospital at the age of 20 I didn't come out till I was 21 and a half and um, prior to going into hospital um, I'd been to India to get married I did get married I came back here to the UK um, one of the reasons I did go to India to get married, um, I suppose it was like a... My father wanted me to be married by the age of 21, and I thought, you know what, let's keep one promise. He's gone, he's not here, but at least I can take one of his wishes ahead and get married before the age of 21. And I did do that, you know, just to, I suppose, my, my death, dad's wishes at heart, and hopefully, you know, somebody could look after my mum in time, to be honest, you know. Sounds silly, but, you know, they say a good girl from India will come over here and look after your mum and will be her mum forever as well. But due to unforeseen circumstances, I was hospitalised and 
I think, I don't know what happened after that, for about three years, I was all over the place, and the marriage actually was annulled eventually between the two of us, because I didn't put enough responsibility in to bring her over here, and I was too unwell at the time anyway. I wasn't working, I was on benefits, and there was just no option of getting her over here at the time. So, yeah, that was something else in my past, but my mum supported me throughout with I was in hospital. Growing up, mum was around but like i said before i didn't really um go to with much of my issues or troubles i just dealt with them myself sort of thing um like any young lad would I'd get into trouble but you know she wouldn't know about these things you know any lad would do you know yeah i'm sure i'm sure she knew what i was doing but she never told me off kind of thing she just kept it quiet to herself so yeah as mum mums do you know they love their children you know unconditionally and my mum i can swear hand on heart say that she loved me unconditionally so tell me a bit more about like you your relationship with her and how you guys got on and like the life obviously you had a lot more time spent with her compared to me and you know our other brother um, you had a lot more time with her and stuff and your relationship would have been way more different to say what my relationship was like with mum so I just want to know a little bit more about that really and how it was you know do you have any like fond memories about her I understand she was there for you and stuff but a little bit more about how how you guys got on like were there any like funny memories were there any like you know any good happy times that you remember and that you cherish yeah, I remember she used to take Mick out my name, obviously. My name's Jay Drutt, but she used to call me Juggler, you know, and it is out of love, you know, it was, whenever she called me by that name, I know that we'd be laughing and joking. Um, I don't know when I was in trouble, when she called me Jay Drutt. I knew I was in trouble at that point, but yeah, she never physically put a hand on me, which was nice to know. Um, you know, if she wanted, she could have slapped me around if she wanted to, I suppose, at that age, but she didn't. Um, what more can I say about mum? She was there, you know. When to lose, when you lose dad at such a tender age, it's just like you have only got mum, and she's mum and dad. Mm. And it's like I said, um, I just sort of wanted to take some responsibility for myself. So, yes, I got myself a job straight away sort of thing. You know, it is what it was at that time. You know, I know Mum could have looked after all three of us at the time, but I just wanted that little bit extra to help out so she didn't have to give me any pocket money. I could look after myself sort of thing. But, of course, yeah, my education, you know, did fail. But that's another, you know, that's something else in the past. And I suppose with Mum, she was, she had a very big heart, I remember, because I remember next door to us there used to be a lady, and I'm, we always called her Auntie Barno. And she, I would say, was my mum's best friend. And she had three children, just like mum did, um, two boys and a girl. No, sorry, she had four children. She had another younger boy afterwards. But at the time, it was the three of them and the three of us. And that's how it was. And the younger boy that they, uh, my auntie had was born later. So, yeah, so it was very nice. We used to like mummy school auntie. But then, <laughs> it was. I remember when you say funny times, um, back in those days, you... People couldn't afford a video player, so you'd hire a video player as such from your local hire firm, I suppose. And then you'd have, you know, you'd go get your movies from a video firm or whatever it was. I remember this one time uh, being at next door uh, Auntie Barna's house, 
and Mum and Auntie Barney are both sitting there watching this film. Yeah, both both they're sitting watching this film. There's a knock on the door, and they're both looking at each other, and they go, "It's the video man." And I was a little bit confused. I thought, "Right, fine, it's the video man. He's come probably come to change a movie or you know whatever." Mm. And they both went silent and turned the bloody TV off. And I'm thinking, "Hold on a minute, what's going on here?" <laughs> only trying to scam an extra day out the video guy. <laughs> I remember that was a funny moment for me. Thanks, Jay. That was yeah. It's nice to hear some early memories and stuff, and really things that you remember about mum. And and it's nice to hear about that. Um, I'm going to take you to the moment when mum sadly passed away. Um, I want to know your thoughts, what your feelings were, maybe the process through the day maybe the process through like a couple of days after just kind of want to know and gather your thoughts and how you kind of dealt with it how you felt at the time and stuff because obviously everybody that's heard my podcast and my story already they already know how I felt and I just want to see if it how comparable it is to my story and my thoughts and stuff but yeah it'd be nice to know how how you felt and how you processed those feelings and stuff in those few days leading up to obviously mum's death and to the few days after as well. So I'll pass it to you. Mm, to be honest, to leading up to, it was too quick. I wasn't even ready for it to happen. You know, mum went in with a pain and never left hospital. It was just unbelievable my mum was a fighter mum would be in the hospital a few times not once not twice and she'd beaten cancer she'd beaten a stroke she'd beaten chest murmurs you know she was a strong strong person and my mum went to hospital regular for me it was just ah she'll be out in a couple of days same old same old mum few pains resolved, go home, and that'll be the observations. She had been complaining about that pain for a while, but of course the GPs never do anything about that, so that's another story anyway. Um, yeah, she went into the hospital, I remember, and at the time, sounds really stupid, um, my ex-partner was in hospital also, and I was literally bouncing from bed to bed on a daily basis for the first three days while mum was in hospital so I used to go see my partner ex-partner sorry and then go see mum and go see my ex-partner go see mum and then go home and at the same time was also working I didn't live too far from the work sorry I didn't work so far from the hospital so it's a walkable distance so I would literally finish work walk across the road Go see the ex, go see mum, go home. Same time, I'd do the same at lunchtime. I'd go across. So, yeah, I was literally working daily, trying to keep my head going, um, keep my work going, keep my ex wife safe and well, and make sure my mum's okay at the time as well. So, it wasn't an easy period for me. I remember how much stress I was under at the time. Um,. I remember the time with mum when she first went to hospital and it's just so difficult. What can you say? You know, she was there on the bed, she was fine, she was talking, she was well, she was eating, drinking, you know, day one was day one, you know, it was fine. There was mum. 
still we weren't sure in hospital what was wrong with her, but they were going to keep her in for tests and results and stuff. So fine, it's not a problem. You can keep her in. Well, you know that's the best place for her. That's the best place for her. Uh, I remember the days going on. My ex was discharged. She went home, but it made my life a little bit easier when I was visiting mom, so I could just go straight see her. I didn't have to go see my ex partner at the same time. So see mom lunchtime tea time go home after work after seeing her and go home for after work and i think it was day three or maybe day four i can't remember which but they'd started doing their tests and every test they seemed to be doing came back negative and it was just like well you've done the blood test fine negative you've done an x-ray fine negative so why is my mum so unwell? You know, so they planned, I think it was a camera procedure. Now that was supposed to happen, I think that was day five, or was that day five or day four? So I think she was first, she was um, diagnosed with the um, liver damage, wasn't she? With the last stages in liver damage and that's, and then after that it was when they started then investigating further. They'd only put the camera down her into her stomach the day before she actually passed because they had the internal bleeding wasn't it so, yeah. yeah i remember that um i remember on the day because when she was going for the procedure i was at the hospital on the day and they told me they were going to take her down and they would let, notify us after the procedure was done but they said to do the procedure they were going to put her asleep which they did and I know for a fact that when she'd come back from that procedure, she wasn't there anymore. She just wasn't, because she wouldn't speak, she wouldn't wake up, nothing. She was already gone by that time, yes, she was breathing. But they knocked her out, and that was it, really. She never spoke after that, really. Apart from, and it was the night she actually passed away, where you weren't well you were in the room and i don't know if you remember she was banging her head on the pillow and you said you couldn't do it anymore you had to leave the room yeah. and you weren't in the room but alex was your partner your husband mm. and i could hear her saying which obviously translates to i'm coming and this was what she was saying she was looking at the window and in gujarati she was saying, I'm coming. Now, I don't know who she was speaking to. I don't know who she was responding to. But I truly believe in my heart that somebody came to get her. May that be dad. Maybe that be granddad. May that be grandma. But somebody came to get her. She wasn't alone when she left us. I know that for a fact. And that's what kept me going. Because I heard her say that. I'm coming. Wait for me. Well, I didn't, I, obviously, if I had stepped out of the room, obviously, all well, that was a, was a very blurry and messy day and stuff, and I remember some things quite vividly, um, but I, yeah, I didn't know that, and, yeah, if I hadn't have had this conversation with you, I wouldn't have known that, I don't think, so, yeah, thank you for sharing that as well, it does give me a bit of comfort to know that she was talking to somebody, she was. um, and... You know, she, she had that. She actually had, she actually had her eyes open at the time, and while she was looking, she hadn't had her eyes open for twenty four hours, thirty six hours. 
and she was looking directly at the window. I could just see her. Because if you remember, the bed was like this, and the window was just there. And she had her head facing that way and saying, Oh, I will too. Literally, I'm coming. Yeah, so I didn't, I wasn't aware of that at all. But yeah, that's that's nice to know. And, and it's nice to hear from you that you were there as well to hear that. Um, it's scary to see her watching bang in her head. Very scary. But it was the satisfaction at the end knowing why she was trying to get away from the bed. She was trying to catch the person. Well, it seemed like she was trying to get out about the bed to leave, sort of thing to go. And then, of course, they, um, I went to speak to the doctors and say, well, if she's not there, you know, we've made our decision, like you, we decided yourself as me, me, to turn off the machines that she was attached to because she wasn't there anymore. You know, she'd gone, she'd left us. Mm. And we made that decision together as family. Yeah, we did. It had to be done. It had to be done. Um, as sad as it was, it had to be done because she wasn't. She wasn't really there. Um, yeah. So yeah. Um, uh, tell me how you think you've um coped with your grief. I know people have listened to my side. Um, but again, it would obviously be good to hear from a male perspective because not many men talk about their grief and stuff, and and it is nice to hear about it. But how do you think you've coped with your grief, like? How have you managed it day to day? How have you managed it as the years have gone by? I know it hasn't been that long and just over well, two, over two and a half years. But how have you coped since losing mum? How have I coped since I've losing mum? It's a good question. I suppose I'd already been prepared for something like this because I didn't technically, like yourself, live with mum. You know, I left home many years ago and learn to live independently and stuff. So I guess it's one of these situations where I was semi-prepared, but you're not prepared in your head or your heart. So after mum passed away and the next few days, it was just like robot. You're a robot. You do what you're told. You go where you got told. You do what you do. And... Everybody just sort of takes over, even though it was your mum. You must have realised that. You know, even though you wanted to do certain things, you weren't allowed to, or I wasn't allowed to, because everybody else wanted to take charge. Now, I understand that people wanted to take charge at the time, and I totally get why people wanted to take charge, because they didn't want us to worry or us to stress. But people don't realise that, you know what, you want to be involved, it's your mum, you know? You don't want people to make life easier for you because you want to be there for that. And it, all this whole religious stuff about the whole after mum passed away and we had to do that sitting around and getting a um, Brahmin in and doing the whole thing. And now they wanted me to do that and... I've done it once before for Dad and I didn't want to go through it again. So, no, I didn't want to do it. So, luckily, Cash said he'd do it, and he did. And I'm glad he did, because he got me out of it, to be honest. It just wasn't for me anymore. I'd done it once. I couldn't do it tomorrow. I'd do it for my Dad. I never want to say goodbye to Mum. Never have, never wanted to. 
And I suppose, given the responsibility of cash, I didn't have to say goodbye at that point. It was too soon for me. It's 16 days into her passing away. You know, I wasn't ready to say goodbye to her, so I couldn't do it. I swear I made cash do it. It was too early for me. And I still haven't said goodbye to mum. You know, I wake up every morning and wish her good morning still today. Because I have to. She keeps me going still. She was the only person, Rekha, you don't realise that was always there for me. Always, no matter when, where or why, she was there. How do you think you've, like, coped with everything? I know you say you say good morning to her and stuff. You know, we all have our own different ways of things. But what has kept you... What has kept you going? Is it just the thought that mum is still around and, you know, you still feel her presence and stuff? Or is it other stuff that's kept you going? Like, how have you managed your low days? Have you managed your high days, if you've had any? Um, Just want to know a little bit about that. I think, to be honest, since mum's passed away, I've kind of gone into a shallow, as you would say. I started building barriers like I used to when I was younger, not to let people in. Um, really tall walls where nobody can climb over. I don't want to be, you know, yes, people came to the funeral and people had their memories and all that kind of thing. I get it. Everybody has their nice thing to say and how great the family person was and everything else, which is great, brilliant, lovely. But when mum was around, how many times did any of these people visit? When Dad was alive, yeah, these people were in the house on a weekly basis from everywhere, London, Leicester, you name it. But when Mum took over, who was there? Mum was. You know, her family was in India, and only recently, you know, Massey in Cambridge came very late. She wasn't here from tender age. You know, she travelled, Massey in Cambridge, which is Mum's sister, she was born, you know, she only came to Cambridge uh, numerous years after, whereas mum came to UK well before that, um, her older sister did. So she really was on her own for a few years here, you know, with dad. And we had family support, of course, dad's sister used to live around the corner, and then she passed away, obviously. And then her son, um, he passed away, unfortunately. He was very close to our family also. We also have a sister-in-law. Um, she's very, very close to our family. She's always, she's always looked after us. Her name's Party Papi, and I can always say she's always looked after me, Mum. No matter what, if Mum made a phone call to her, she'd be there. So yeah, I pay her maximum respect. If you do listen to this, Party Papi. Um, what more can I say? Yeah, she's just. It is, you know. Myself, like I said, I've built walls, I've built barriers, and since mum's away, you probably noticed, I've stepped away from the family completely. I don't go to anybody's house, I don't go to see anybody, I don't call anybody anymore. I've literally stepped away from it all because I've never, I've never found support for our family, to be honest, I don't know why. It's just the way I feel. And I suppose that's the way it's going to be for me, you know, this is how I'm going to carry on with my life, I will live. You know, I have you as my sister, I have my brother in the Cayman Islands, I have my sister in India, and that is my family, you know what I mean? You know, I understand we've got Massies and Massas and Mamas and Mummies and all of that, but they're all part-time, none of them are full-time, and to see any of them, you'd have to go to India, and I just don't want to go to India again after my last experience. 
और नेगेटिव भी लिखा थैंक्स जय I yeah those are my questions and stuff I just kind of wanted to know and take have your take on things and how you felt and stuff and how you dealt with stuff um really just to kind of kind of get your get your side of things uh thank you for sharing with any with all of all of the stuff that you have is there anything that you would like to share or add to the end of the podcast um I'll leave the you know no more questions um but just have your thoughts and your say on whatever you however you want to end it I'd just like to say um this has really helped because I've managed to get quite a bit off my chest today and it's helped me as much as maybe it's helped you or perhaps you know I guess I don't usually get these things out in the open or speak to anybody about them apart from my psychiatrist and he's the only person who hears all this so it's been nice to share and it's nice to speak to somebody who knows me personally i.e. my sister <laughs> um yeah and Thank you for your time and letting me do this with you and maybe we can do another episode sometime soon. My pleasure Jay. It's been good talking to you and stuff and just kind of knowing and seeing obviously how you felt. So thank you for sharing. It has been insightful. Um and it's been good to talk and hear your side because I don't think uh, even after mum passing we've actually really sat down and spoken about it because we don't really do these things, but I think this is the reason for doing it and just to kind of share share our side and our story which has been great and hopefully those of you who are listening if you you know are struggling to talk to somebody try and find somebody you can talk to um somebody will always be willing to listen um and just make sure that you've got you know someone to kind of like lean on um and I hope you know Jay that I will always be here for you to talk to whenever you need um yeah um forever yeah yeah um thanks guys for listening um i hope you guys are wonderful and i will catch you guys next episode bye